Hi, welcome to Over Beers, a craft beer conversations podcast. I'm Freddie Clark. This week, we've got a great interview with Tori Fisher of Backward Flag Brewing Company. They're a veteran-owned brewery focused on quality, community, and education. One of the aspects of the conversation that really impressed me was that they require their taproom professionals to complete Cicerone certified beer server training within 90 days of being hired. Tori is a certified Cicerone herself. A Cicerone is a person who has completed the exam and requirements of the Cicerone certification program. It's a course of beer study that's designed to provide the brewing and hospitality industries with demonstrated levels of knowledge in the selection and proper service of fine beer. It was started by Ray Daniels in 2007, and he chose the word Cicerone with a purpose. You see, the word translates to docent, or someone who conducts others through a museum. Where a docent acts as a guide through a museum, gallery, or zoo, a Cicerone guides others through the world of fine beer. The primary certification, Certified Beer Server, requires fairly basic knowledge regarding beer production, popular beer styles, and proper storage and service. The second level, Certified Cicerone, is far more rigorous and delves more deeply into technical and historical aspects, beer styles and their variations, common beer flaws and all flavors, tasting skills, food pairing, and more. The ultimate certification, called Master Cicerone, requires detailed knowledge of many aspects of brewing, as well as a superior understanding of all facets of beer in its varied forms. All levels have written exams, as well as tasting exams and essays. Which brings us back to our interview with Tori. Backward flag is named after the American flag worn on the right sleeve of American soldiers. It appears backward, with the field of blue and the stars within it on the right side of the patch, rather than the more commonly seen left side. It's from the time when a flag bearer would carry the flag onto the field of battle, and as he moved forward, the flag flew backwards. We sat down in the tap room to talk about her path to beer and opening Backward Flag. You know, I always loved food and beverage, um, mostly beer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I was looking at doing other things, it was just kind of the the natural, natural path. You know, you want to kind of dive in somewhere in that world. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I kind of went this way. Okay. So... So growing up, you were into beer, or is it, is it something you came to later? Yeah, I, I wish I wish I could say, you know, that I was, you know, growing up, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, by growing up, I don't mean when you were ten. Yeah, like, no, no, you no. Were, like in college, or you know, the <laughs> well, early, I didn't go late, to college. late, late, no, but... <laughs> late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, my experience probably not the same as everybody else's like you mentioned college I didn't do college mm-hmm. um, when I was 18 I was sitting in Iraq okay. so um, okay. I turned 19 there okay but um, my my first I guess introduction to to alcohol and having like access to it I was 18 because um, I got stationed in Germany mm-hmm. my first duty station so I was legally able to drink there. Right. Um, and, you know, being there, I was exposed to so many different things. You know, being an 18-year-old kid, being told that I'm going right to a combat zone, you know, one of the first things we did was find the strongest stuff that we could find to drink. Okay. 
Um, Make sure you get the living in. Yep. Yeah, so um, honestly, in the early days, I drank a lot of um, Red Bull and vodka. Uh-huh. That was like, that was my go-to in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, as, you know, I traveled around, went to a lot of different pubs, um, you know, it was just kind of whatever, whatever the bartender recommended. Right. You know, there was um, a bunch of Irish bars that we used to go to. Oddly, in Germany, there's tons of Irish pubs. Um, and they, I remember Killian's was a big one okay. that they'd put in front of us. So I drank a lot of that. Um, then a lot of, obviously, Hefeweizen was was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was so ignorant to beer that I used to call Hefeweizen the banana beer. Yep. Everywhere okay. I'd go, I'd ask for the banana beer because I didn't know any better. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that was kind of my introduction to beer mm-hmm. was was Germany. But so my, That's a good place to get introduced to it. Yeah. My, my love for it really, um, it didn't happen until years later when, when I came home and I was back in the States. Um, the beer that really got me to down the craft beer path was actually uh, Stone's uh, Smoke Porter. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was the first beer that kind of opened my eyes to everything that beer could be. And it was really because, just like most people, awesome picture on the bottle. Right. And then it had this awesome narrative. And I remember like reading that narrative and going, oh, wow, yeah, I can taste that. I can taste smoke. I can taste chocolate. I can taste all these things. And, um, and it just kind of opened up the whole world from there. Okay. So, so then, so now you're back in the states, and you, you, it opens up the world. The stone opens up the world for you. But why then, a brewery? Um, I guess flash forward, you know, it's almost ten years later after okay. that. Again, still in the military. Um, one of the, one of the guys in my unit. Um, he was he was a home brewer, mm-hmm. and this was right before my second deployment. And he uh, was doing like a kind of like a homebrew school out of his house, and um, he invited myself and my then um, husband over to to learn how to make beer. You know, so at the time it seemed like you know just a cool thing to do on a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. and. You know that, just like most people, that kind of that grew. You know, the first batch that we brewed was that Stone Smoke Porter. It was okay. the first beer I was introduced to, so that was the first beer that I wanted to brew, and um, it was really bad. <laughs> I remember him Usually standing the first there. Ones are, you know, yeah. he was helping us, and he said, "You know, I, I, we're gonna add more smoke to this beer." Biggest mistake ever. Don't ever add more smoke. <laughs> um, so it was almost undrinkable, and. Uh, you know, but after that, coming home, we did a lot more brewing. Okay. And uh, so that hobby just became a bigger hobby. Mm-hmm. And so as far as why the brewery, so um, a few years ago, as, as things have started to wind down, um, I guess, I don't know, it's hard to explain, I guess, war-wise, okay. um, that, that up-tempo kind of, kind of slowed down. And as mm-hmm. that happened... Um, I like to stay very busy mm-hmm. and I get distracted by things very easily. So I guess I just started getting a little, I don't want to say bored, but just stagnant in my career 
and started in the military. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I just kind of really started looking at other things. You know, what could I do? You know, I'd been in at that point almost 13 years, and just knew that you know what, maybe I want to start a business. Um, I have all these tools. I have this inside of me to be a a leader to mm-hmm. grow something of my own. Um, and you know, as we were talking before. I always liked food and beverage, mm-hmm. you know, and I also had traveled everywhere and experienced all these things. So I started putting a business plan together for a for a brew pub. Okay. Um, I put this whole plan together, and then I sat down with the um, the guys at the Score office. I don't know if you're familiar with Score. It's like a satellite of the SBA. Mm-hmm. Um, volunteers volunteer their time to help okay. you start businesses. They look at your business plan, tell you if you're out of your mind or not. Okay. Um, I showed them mine, and they said, do you have any experience? Have you ever worked at a restaurant? I said, I worked at McDonald's. And they said, well, you're out of your mind. <laughs> so. Well, here's to the crazy ones, right? Yeah. So I, I, I did sit down, and I looked at it, reevaluated my plan, and realized, you know what? Um, I'm not one usually to take no for an answer, but in this case, I realized, you know what? Restaurants have a very high failure rate. I have zero experience in this space, um, so I'm going to remove that portion of this plan and just open the brewery. Right. And the biggest thing that I was looking for was the ability to work with, you know, community, um, be creative, and, and the brewery was going to give me the ability to do that. Right. So I drove forward with that plan instead. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it, adding the restaurant part definitely complicates it. Even more than it already is complicated. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it makes definitely makes a lot of sense. I had a very complicated plan as well. I was going to be, you know, 100% local sourcing. Every animal was going to be humane slaughter. Mm -hmm. I made all those phone calls, talked to all those people, and found out exactly how difficult that really is to do. Right. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe down the road. Maybe down the road. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. One thing that really struck me about your website was... So you listed out the three values of, of Backward Flag. So tell me about them. Why were those the three values? Where did you, where did they, where did they grow from? Um, well, it's, it's quality, community, and education. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, I think they're, they're simple enough that they kind of explain themselves, but, you know, the quality, um, you know, that's just really just saying that that's exactly what it's going to be, that mm-hmm. every beer that we put out there you know, we're putting our name on it. We're saying this has our approval. It's good to go. Um, you know, we, you know, always use whole ingredients. We do try and use local when possible. If not local, we do search for um, actually veteran-owned. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do that a lot. Um, you know, you'll see us in here scraping vanilla beans. Um, right now in the fermenter, we have a beer called Mama's Table. And that's our, our sweet potato ale. Okay. And, you know, 50 pounds goes into a little two-barrel batch. And we peeled and roasted every one of those potatoes <laughs> ourselves. Um, the vanilla beans and the cinnamon, everything that goes in there are whole ingredients. Okay. And that's where that, that quality comes in. Um, and that quality doesn't just go to our beer, but it also goes to our, our, our service. You know, all the people here, we try and, you know, make sure that they are as educated as possible which kind of segues into, you know, one of our other values is education. Mm-hmm. Um, education for ourselves, education for, you know, our staff um, and the customers. So if you come in on a Friday, Saturday, um, I guarantee 
without a doubt that any one of the people behind the bar can tell you anything you want to know about the beer in your hand. They can tell you what hops are in there, they can tell you about the process, they can direct you to a beer that you want to drink. Um, I push to make sure that they know just as much uh, as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then obviously the community is, is as, as we say here, it's uh, cheers to us and those like us. So that community is a community of, um, you know, veterans and, and firemen and law enforcement and rescue workers. Um, but that also extends to our local community. So everything that we do in some way, we try and tie that to, you know, that community. Either mm-hmm. either giving back to the community that we come from or to our local community. Um, and that's, I think we do that very, very well. Well, I, I did so. see on on the... Uh on the board there, in the, in the behind the bar, that you do donate a, a sec, uh, percentage of the tips. Yeah. And I and I guess that I'm gonna guess that rotates. And, yep. Okay. So um, we do a couple things. So a portion of all of our profits gets donated to um, to various charities, uh, mostly veteran law enforcement. Okay. Um, but in addition to that, so each month one of the staff members they they pick a charity. Um, and that charity, again, it kind of falls in lines with our, you know, those like us mentality. So it's usually a veteran or law enforcement fire charity. Um, and then 10% of the nightly tips um, gets donated to that charity. So every night, nice. the, the servers, they count out their, their tips. They take 10% of that and they set it aside. And at the end of the month, that's the total. Nice. Um, what we did this year, so we just had our, our second year anniversary party. So all of the organizations, thank you. Uh, all the organizations that we, we raised for over the months, um, we brought them all in that day, and we presented them with their donation checks. We gave them an opportunity to talk to everybody that was here about who they are and what they do and how other people can help them out. So in that way, we helped to promote that organization as well. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's just I guess some of the things that we do to try and give back. Okay, that's so. that's great, and because not too many people do, so it's more the better, definitely. In talking about education, one thing that struck me about you is that you are a cicerone. Yes. Which is a a major accomplishment, especially in in you don't see a lot of them in the brewery brewing business. Right. You see a lot of them in in a restaurant. Right. Like that's that's very beer focused yeah um but you don't see a lot of them in in brewing in brewing what made you go for that what made you decide that was something you wanted to do uh well first of all it was a challenge mm-hmm. so that was um honestly when i came up across the program i read what it was about I read how difficult it can be, and I said, well, I'm going to do that then. Okay. Don't <laughs> um, shy away, definitely. Yeah, I, I just, I enjoy challenges, and then, you know, in addition to that, you know, I knew that that was going to help me be more proficient in everything that we do here, so through that, I, I was able to, I don't know, obtain the ability to, to be a little more um, I guess engaged on the sensory side of things. Mm-hmm. So 
kind of gave me the ability to troubleshoot every one of our beers and not just say, oh, this beer doesn't taste good, but more to go and say, okay, this is what's going on with our beer, what caused it, and now trace that all the way back to the actual cause of it, and now we can fix something either on the production side or on the service side. Mm-hmm. Um, going through that program um, gave me the tools to be able to teach my staff. You know, Through my own learning, my own education, I learned ways to, to teach others, mm-hmm. and so now I push that to them as well. Um, it's, there was... There's a lot of reasons. One, it was just fun. I just really enjoy beer, um, so I wanted to learn as much as I could. And if I'm going to do that, I might as well get some little piece of paper that right. says that I know stuff. Right. Yeah, it's always good. <laughs> um, you know, and that, that was, those were the biggest reasons, was okay. just kind of going back to that quality and education. Right. I thought going through that program would give me the tools to do that, and it did. Yeah, I would I would definitely say so. The, I, I did notice, to your earlier point about the education with the staff, I, I noticed on the website that you're looking for tap, tap room personnel yeah. and that they need to get their certification as a server yep. within a certain amount of time. Yep. Like, um, just a minute ago, you saw Jeffrey walk in. He is our um, retail sales manager. He's pretty much in control of everything here in the tap room. And uh, it's about three weeks ago, he just got his um, server certification. When you know, when he came in, you know, his, their knowledge is you know basic, same as, as most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and but now he finds himself sitting at bars and, and discussing you know IBUs and the different hops that are in each beer. And um, and that's one of those things that I guess I in a way I pride myself on, you know. And I'm very proud of my staff. You know, it's a great thing when they walk in and they go, you know, I didn't even realize that I learned all this stuff working here until I was sitting at the bar and somebody asked a question and I answered it. Right. Well, that's a great approach because, I mean, uh, for some reason, like in this day and age, that knowledge seemed, of anything, not just beer, but people, like you go to a big box electronic store. Yeah. You ask a question of of the salesperson and they look at you like, you just ask them, you know, how to get to the moon, right? Yeah. Um, so, no, it's definitely good to have, especially with something that may be as, I don't want to say unknown, but new to people, mm-hmm. um, that they can walk in here, ask a question, and get a real intelligent answer, no matter who's here. Absolutely. You know, it's it's not just about, you know, being able to, there, there are people out there, and I don't want to be offensive, but there are people out there that are just straight, you know, beer snobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say beer nerd. There's beer snobs, and I see it all the time. People come to the bar, and they'll start quizzing my servers. Well, how many IBUs is this? What's the SRM of this? What's this? Right. And honestly, it, in my opinion, those are bullshit questions. That's just you trying to, you know, create some kind of dominance of, you know, you over over the server, thinking that they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And you know what? My guys have the tools to deal with that. But in addition to that, they also have the ability to take the new person that is kind of curious about this craft beer thing and you know they want to they want to taste around some of these beers and they want to get to know this stuff but what they need is they need somebody that is willing to take the time and guide them right you know and in order to be a proper guide to that new world you have to have all of that knowledge because you're gonna need to use that to navigate the best way to present it to this new person. Mm-hmm. And 
know, and and that's the important part. Yep. The important part is bringing in the, the new people yep. and making sure that they're comfortable in that space and that they're able to approach every beer um, the way that you want it presented. Because otherwise they're going to come in, they're going to feel stupid, right. they're not going to enjoy the beer, and they're going to walk away and say, I'm not going to do that craft beer thing right. anymore. Or, or they are going to be, yeah, they're going to be here for two seconds and get the hell out. And if they feel like they're comfortable and welcomed and being shown without being made feel stupid, yeah, yeah, they'll they'll stay and they'll come back. Yeah, yeah. So right now we are drinking the Mill Spec Black IPA. Yes. So tell me about this beer and why a black IPA? Um. Well, a lot of the things that we do. Um, I guess what I would say is we take the same things that other people are doing mm-hmm. and we kind of take two steps to the left and just do it just slightly different. Um, you know, Black IPA, it's one of those, it's it's fun, it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, some people find it very difficult to make a beer so dark mm-hmm. and not have that big roast and smoke character, which this beer just simply doesn't have that. Nope. Um, so it's fun, it's mm-hmm. fun in, in that way. Again, kind of goes back to that that education thing. We like to have people that come in and go, eh, you know, I don't like dark beers. So we give them the black IPA because they said they don't like dark beer, but we want to show them, well, this beer is black, but it doesn't taste like a stout. No. And yep. so color absolutely has nothing to do with, you know, what you're going to taste in the beer. Yep. So that that's, that's part of why we do it. Um, and, it, you know, it's just a little bit different than other things. Okay. Um, but it's all mosaic hop, so it gives it a nice um, tropical dankness to it. Um, like I said, you don't really get too much like roast or smoke in there. Um, it's a nice seven uh, percent, so it'll make you feel pretty decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so our oak armored ale. Mm-hmm. Um, so this beer, it's a nice pale ale um, that we condition on American toasted oak, mm-hmm. and then it's just finished with a very light dry hop. So. Um, as far as approachable beers, um, we do have a blonde, um, but this one is a really nice beer that it's awesome for a beginner, mm-hmm. um, but it's also something that most people, even with an experienced palate, enjoy too. So this is kind of a big go-to for us when we're trying to do like a, you know, a crowd pleaser. This right. is our go-to beer. Okay. Um, even the name Oak Armored, so that comes from um, the first unit that I deployed with, which was the first armor division which is nicknamed um, Old Ironsides, which if you know anything about history, the USS Constitution, and you know, it was sides of oak, but they couldn't sink the ship, ship right. therefore Old Ironsides, and that's why we have Oak oh, Armored Ale. Nice. So, yeah. It's got some different flavors in there. Yeah, you, the, the oak really shines uh-huh. through. And that's kind of what we were trying to do. You know, we didn't, it's done with actual toasted um, oak chips. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, you get some of that, that, that wood character, you get a little bit of vanilla that comes from that toasted oak, you know, and then there's just a little bit of citrus from the uh, from the dry hop. Yeah, that's very nice. And that, that is a good approachable beer. That's yeah, it's a It's a really, really big seller for yeah. us. Um, I would say that this beer and the, the Millspec Black IPA that we were drinking earlier, those are kind of our two, two biggest... Um, when we opened, I never had any intentions of having like a flagship, mm-hmm. but I feel like those two beers just kind of naturally fell in place as being that. Kind of evolved into it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you're, you've got the tap room open on the weekends. Um, how far is your distribution going? So right now, um, almost all of the beer that we sell is done here in the tap room. Okay. Um, we get very, very busy on mm -hmm. the weekends. Um, quite a few times we've gotten to the point of just simply selling out of beer here. Even though that we are um, brewing a lot, mm -hmm. we brew as fast as we possibly can. As soon as the fermenter opens, Melinda's filling it. Um, and sometimes we just can't keep up. Okay. So we distribute when we can, um, but it's not very frequently. Okay. Um, so next month we actually have a, a, a 10 barrel system coming in. So we'll be expanding. And then after that, um, you'll start seeing us a lot more places. places. So you're two barrel now? Right now we are a two barrel system. Two barrel system, okay. Yeah. Well, two years on a two-barrel system, that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, it's been a rugged and exhausting. Yeah, so. I can only imagine. That's a lot of turning that around. That's a lot. Yeah, but we make it happen. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, next up we have... So the next beer is uh, MRE. Um, MRE, so it's a, it's a big double um, oatmeal stout. So, hence MRE, so the military MRE is meal ready to eat. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of a, a favorite of mine. It's it's big, it's warming. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it has all the things that I look for in a stout. That is a good chilly night. Mm-hmm. Sitting by the fire. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'm just a weirdo because I can drink stout all year round. Okay. You know, it can be 100 degrees outside and I'm still pretty happy with, with, a, with a big stout. Okay. Um, but, yeah. I know I know somebody who loves to put stout, she, she'll pour it over ice cream. Uh, I do that at home as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, do it pretty frequently. Yeah, that's so very one, nice. One of my favorites um, is, uh, my, my favorite stout is actually Left Hand's um, Milk Stout on Nitro. Mm -hmm. And I put that over some ice cream, and that is just, it's, it's, it's heaven. Yep, yep, <laughs> definitely, definitely. That is very nice. And what's the ABV on it? This beer is about 8.5%. 85 okay. I did notice that you tend a little bit on the higher side. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. It, you know, really, we try and keep a decent selection. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll typically always have something up there that's, you know, around 5%. Um, so they'll range, you know, between 5 to about 9%. Okay. I didn't mean that in a bad way. I don't know. I, <laughs> I wasn't offended. <laughs> I did not mean that in a bad way at all. Mm. Yeah, that is very nice. Okay, um, so back to a paler. Yep, so the next beer is, um, so this is um, called the Standard, mm -hmm. and this is a, an IPA, so this is a 7.2, and this is, this is definitely a little more on the, like, West Coast mm -hmm. side, um, me personally, yeah. it's kind of the, the style that, that I enjoy, not to say that I don't like, you know, as they say, East Coast style IPAs or New England IPAs, um, but, you know, as we talked about before, my first gateway into craft beer was Stone. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my influences, I would say, come from that. And I do like those more aggressive, piney flavors. Okay. Um, so you'll, you'll see that in here. So as a, since we're, you know, we're, we gear toward people who may not be beer snobs, mm -hmm. what would you, how would you define a New England IPA? 
Um, juicy. You know, I think that's a, a, a term that's pretty commonly used. Um, I mean, as far as flavor goes, that's exactly what I would say, is that it's, it's juicy, it's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the biggest differences is, like, in a, a West Coast like this, obviously you kind of get punched with some of that bitterness. Um, I would say it's a little bit like some pine needles just kind of laying on your tongue, mm-hmm. which, you know, might not sound pleasant to some people. To me, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's what I like. Yep. Uh, where a New England IPA, you know, that that punch of bitterness you don't really ever get that that never really shows up you get more of you know that that tropical juice at the end it's amazing aroma you know it's really great flavor i think it's probably a little more approachable um for some people versus like a west west coast style ipa okay well as west coast style ipas go this is very good thank you this is very good yeah i could i could drink this all day yeah at 7.2, maybe? <laughs> you could drink it yeah, all day. <laughs> you could. I don't know if you're going to do anything else <laughs> for the day. You get much but... accomplished, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then last up we have... The, the last beer is um, the uh, Mission Continues. Mm-hmm. So this one's kind of special. Um, this is a, a black ale that we... So we collaborated with a couple different um, better-knowns, like, ingredient companies. So Mission Continues itself is actually a nonprofit. Um, they're based out of New York. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they, they try and basically teach veterans how to start their own nonprofits and community programs um, just kind of as a way to continue service. And then we worked with, um, so Counter-Strike Coffee. It's a veteran-owned coffee company out of Texas. So there's a little bit of the coffee in here. Um, there is Rumi Spice, which is a... Um, Saffron Company, and what they are is a a group of um, veterans of Afghanistan that came back, and they they fell in love with the country while they were deployed there, and they started this company where they import saffron from Afghanistan, and the whole purpose of that is to promote the growth of saffron over poppy in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, So they're trying to bring that market here to the U.S. So... Where one of their spice um, saffron spice blends is actually here in the beer, um, Eight Oaks Distillery. They are in um, right in Pennsylvania. They opened fairly recently. They're veteran owns. Um, a little bit of their um, bourbon is actually in the beer, infused in the um, in the oak chips mm-hmm. that are in the beer, and uh, Macau Cow um, Chocolate Tea, which is chocolate tea is the um, the shell of the cacao palm, or the cacao bean. Okay. Um, so all those things are infused into this beer um, to, to create what it is, which to me is a really, really beautiful thing. You get a lot of the saffron on the nose, mm-hmm. um, and then some of those other flavors just kind of melt together. It, I s- smelled the saffron, but it also, to me, the smell, I, when you walk into a tea shop, mm-hmm. that's definitely... It, it, yeah, you get a lot of there's like a like a floral yeah. character to it. Yep. Um, and I think it's just all those different things coming together, um, and they just the, the saffron just really pulls it together. Yeah, that is really well done. There's like touches of cinnamon, a little bit of cumin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all it's all even. Yes. It's all blended together really nicely, yeah. so it's all there, but nothing overpowers. Right. That's really good. Well, this has been excellent. 
Thank you. A bigger barrel, 10 barrel system coming in. Yes. Where else, what else would you like to see for, for Backwood Flag? A year down the road, two years down the road. What's, what's, what's the end, what's the, how far did you get in the business mm-hmm. plan? Where does it head? One of the biggest goals of even bringing in that new system isn't, isn't necessarily just to make more beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, there's a big um, like nonprofit side of us. Um, I also founded a, a nonprofit called Arms to Artisans, where we're going to be interning um, veterans, post 9-11 veterans, that we're going to transition from, from service into a, a career in the you know, different artisanal fields. Um, the brewery is going to be the start of that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the bigger we grow the company, you know, it's more of the goal of being able to you know, intern more veterans, um, have a better facility where, they, where you know, they can learn mm-hmm. um, and then use those skills elsewhere. So it's, it's really hard to say what direction we'll go in, but that's kind of the bigger picture for you know, everything that we're doing here. Nice. Thank you, Tori. Visit Backward Flag Brewing Company at 699 Challenger Way in Forked River, New Jersey. The tap room is open weekends. Check out backwardflagbrewing.com for their hours and more information about them. And thank you for listening. You can find out more information about the podcast at the blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating on the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps, and I love to hear about what you think of the show. You can also leave a comment at the blog or send me an email. Love to hear your thoughts and ideas. The email address is cheers at santefoto.com. I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.